Shalom. This is Gary Durashinsky, Congregational Leader of Beth Ariel Messianic Congregation. Thank you for downloading our message. We're delighted to make it available to you through the generous donations of our members and friends at Beth Ariel. We know that many are struggling financially because of the challenges facing our economy, and we do not want financial issues to keep anyone from enjoying our teachings. So please continue to listen in as often as you like. But if our presentations have been beneficial to you, and you are able to provide a financial donation to Beth Ariel, whether large or small, would you prayerfully consider sending a gift in support of our ministry? You can donate online through our website at bethariel.org. That is spelled B-E-T-H-A-R-I-E-L dot org. Also, please remember to pray for us that we would be responsive to the Lord's guidance as we reach out to the lost sheep of the House of Israel in the greater Los Angeles area. Thank you, and I hope you enjoyed this message. The, the story is based around the relationship between this one brother, Thor, and this other brother, Loki. And it comes to, they come to find out that actually, though they've grown up together and though they've lived their whole lives, they're actually not brothers. Loki was, uh, uh, his father was one of the competitive, you know, groups on that planet and all of this. But they grew up together as brothers, and they lived as brothers. Well, as time went on, that relationship shattered. Loki became very angry and kind of went to the dark side and, and ended up trying to, you know, destroy the universe and rule everything by himself, right? As all, this is the story of most every comic book. And then Thor comes in to save the day. And um, then there's another movie made after that about the sequel. And so, but, but the story really, I think, captures people because it speaks to something that is so dear and so deep in our own lives, and that is the severing of relationships. And the idea that two brothers that had grown up together in the same home could then be at war, it reminds us of relationships that we have, it brings up the fears about relationships that we have, uh, and, and it, it kind of plays out in this, uh, like a play or like a movie that we're watching. And this, all of this plays out that we can maybe think about what's going on in our own lives. And all. Of, I'm not sure any of us really take great solace in the Thor story. But the idea of that severing of relationships is critical. And that is, that idea of relationship is what we're going to talk about this morning. So I'm going to be speaking today. Andrew is going to be speaking next week. And we're going to both be talking about some of what, what Gary's been talking about all along, which is community and talking about how to live together and talking about how to function together, how we're supposed to live. Today, we're going to talk about the, in the book of John, chapter 15. Uh, next week, Andrew is going to talk about the book of John, chapter 17. And so let me just set you up, and you, you need your Bibles, uh, and you need uh, to be able to see this passage because I am going to want to go through and open up and talk about some of what this, what this is. So let me just set the stage for you so that you know where we're at. Chapter uh, 13 in the, in the book of John is the 
passage in the scripture where Jesus is celebrating Passover with his disciples. And so they are in chapter 13. I'm just going to turn there also. In chapter 13, they are having their Seder. And so this is the time we see Jesus washing the disciples' feet. We see the beginnings of betrayal from, uh, from Judas. We see Jesus taking the matzah and taking the wine and using it to speak about himself. So that, for those of you that um, uh, celebrate um, and grown up uh, celebrating satyrs, what you know is that that takes a long time, right? There's the four questions, right, that the child asks. The fifth question is what? When's this going to be over already? Okay, so, so, uh, so, so the, 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 the night goes on. So we're set actually pretty late in the evening, okay? People have been around for a long. They've been spending some time together. And after the meal, as most families do, uh, they start talking. And Jesus starts talking to his disciples and the others that were there. And this is in kind of... If you look at a commentary of the Bible, they'll call this the farewell discourse because this was the last large chunk of, of statements that Jesus said to his disciples. In f- chapter 14, he begins and he talks about various things that they need to know as he's leaving. And then um, at the end of chapter 14, it says, Arise, let us go from here. And then there's chapters 15... 16 and 17, that the conversation continues. Now, if you've ever been at my house, there's usually the, okay, there's a conversation, and then there's, you know, we really should go. And then there's about another hour worth of conversation. Okay, that's what's going on here. Jesus and his, his Jesus says, We're, we should leave. And then he keeps talking for three more chapters. Okay, so, you know, so this is normal. This is normal stuff. This is how we, we are. We function, and this is how families function, and this is how um, satyrs often are. They go on and on. Um, in the Haggadah, one of the things, if you ever read some of the notes, the rabbis always say that the best satyrs are the ones that go on until the sun rises the next morning. So... You're thinking, not at my house. Okay, so uh, we're going to read chapter 15, verses 1 through 17, and uh, I'm going to then, we're going to unpack the passage and talk about a few things that we can take from this. So this is John chapter 15, verses 1 through 17. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it might bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you, abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, He it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. For anyone does not abide, for if anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. 
If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my father is glorified and that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. And as the father loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what the master is doing, but I have called you friends." For all that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask in the Father's name, he may give it to you. These things I command you, that you will love one another. Okay, so this is one of the really key foundational passages in all of scripture. We have some amazing truths in this. And and you have to realize this is what Jesus spoke to his disciples right before his death. These were the last words that he wanted to his disciples to know. And so he wanted these words really to be ringing in their ears. And they are wonderful words, aren't they? Words of truth, words of promise. God says, I have chosen you. God says, I have called you friend. He says that I am the vine, you are the branches. These words are promises to us. They're promises of the kind of life that we are to live. They're promises of the the, the reality of who God is in our lives. And these are some of the key words that Jesus wanted us, Yeshua wanted us to know as we move into the life ahead. So what is the big idea in this passage? Fruitfulness. We are to be fruitful. It describes what fruitfulness is. It talks about what fruitfulness is, how fruitfulness happens, how fruitfulness doesn't happen, what happens when fruitfulness doesn't happen, all of these things. Because normal to the life of the follower of the Messiah is to be fruitful. That is your normal mode. That's the way it's supposed to be. I go to Lowe's or Home Depot and I buy a lemon tree. I'm not supposed to get almonds, right? I'm not supposed to get beautiful flowers. I'm supposed to get lemons. So you and I are supposed to be fruitful. That's what this passage is about and that's what it talks about. And as we have moved into as a congregation into this new facility, into a new uh, place, moving into a place where we have home groups, where we're trying to draw together as a community, fruitfulness is essential to that process 
Because part of fruitfulness has to do with each other. So let's look at the passage and see if we can take it apart. And I want to point out a few things and so that we can kind of know what's going on. Okay, first of all, the idea of the vine and the vineyard. Now, uh, people in the first century drank wine. I know some of you don't like that idea, and that's fine. They did. So the idea of vineyards and the idea of wines and winemaking and all of these things, this was a very common idea. And if you read through all kinds of literature around the first century, they talk about this. They, they talk about vineyards. They talk about what it was like to, to, to tend vines and all of these kinds of things. And so this was a pretty common idea. Now, the Bible throughout the scripture often talks about vines and vineyards also. In the New Testament, there are a number of connections to vineyards. Uh, Matthew 21, Mark 12, Mark 20, Mark 21, Luke 13, Luke uh, 20, all talk about vineyards. There's some are parables, some are stories that Jesus has told, and all of these. So the idea of vineyards is, is a common one in Scripture. However, in the Hebrew Bible or the Old Testament, the vine is often used as a, as a metaphor for Israel. So let me just read you from the book of Isaiah, chapter 5, verses 1 through 7. Now let me sing to my well-beloved a song to my beloved regarding his vineyard. My well-beloved has a vineyard on a very fruitful hill. It almost sounds like there should be a rhyme there, right? (laughs) And he dug it up and cleared out its stones and planted it with its choicest vine. And he built a tower in its midst and he made a wine press in it. So he expected it to bring forth good grapes but it brought forth wild grapes. And now, inhabitants of Jerusalem and men of Judea, judge, please, between me and my vineyard. What more could have been done to my vineyard that I would not have done it? Why then, when I expected it to bring forth good grapes, did it bring forth wild grapes? Verse 7. For the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel. The vineyard is Israel, okay? This is a metaphor. And the men of Judah are its, uh, are its plants. For he looked for justice, but behold, oppression and righteousness, and behold, a cry for help. So, uh, throughout Scripture, the idea of the vine and the vineyard is, is used about Israel. And what's interesting in this passage, and I think it's important for us in a messianic congregation, to know some of the dialogue that's going on here. Some read this as a way of seeing that Jesus, as the Messiah, replaces Israel as the vine. Okay, some of you are shaking your heads. Some of you are nodding. Some of you are saying, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, let me see if I can kind of unpack it a little bit. This metaphor of the, of the vine um, to first century readers would been, have been always seen as talking about Israel, that the vine is about Israel, that, that, that the, this, this, even we talked about, there was in the song, there is a shoot that springs forth, 
that idea of shoot or vine or root, all of these things, they're often talking about Israel. And so when Jesus starts out and says, Yeshua starts out and says, I'm the true vine, he's making a statement about that. Now, let me see if I can help you with one quick statement that is very helpful for me. He says that he is the true vine, not the new vine. The true vine, not the new vine. In the book of, he- in the book of Romans, chapter 11, there is another analogy used about an olive tree that's very similar. There's pruning and there's cutting back and there's all of these things and there's wild branches and there's new branches grafted in and all of these kinds of things. And the question there is, is the church, is the body of Messiah now Israel? And the answer is there is no replacement, but there is this idea that Israel are the ones that are the true followers of the Messiah. What you have here is a picture of Jesus the Messiah saying, I am the true Israel, not the new Israel. I'm not replacing anybody. There's no promises that are no longer theirs and are now ours, all of those things. But he does say, I am the true vine. And in me, you are the branches. And in Yeshua himself takes upon him the idea that he is the life giver. Why? Because he's the Messiah of Israel. He is the promised one who was promised to come and came. He gave himself. He died. He rose again. He gave his own life that we might live. He sacrificed himself that we might have fullness of life. And he is indeed life itself. He is the true vine, not the new vine, the true vine. He is therefore the true Israel, not the new Israel. There is no new Israel and old Israel. There's just Israel. But he is the true one to whom we have all of the inheritance that has been given to us. And he unpacks this idea throughout this process. I've found that question to be a very difficult one to answer at times. How is it that in in the book of Romans, for example, he says, not all Israel is Israel. I find myself bristling at that because I'm Israel. (laughs) And so is my mom and so is my dad and so is my brother and so are my children. And some of them believe, and some of them don't. How do I reconcile this? And the idea here is, is, and the word is not new, it's true. That's the better way of thinking about this. Because those of us that are truly those chosen by God, Israel, believe in the Messiah. And you will see that in this passage. And you will even see in this passage, in the book of Romans chapter 11, trimming, pruning of branches that are no longer alive, that were alive once but are not alive now. 
So let's unpack the passage a little bit more. I am the true vine, my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, again, you get this idea of fruitfulness, he takes away. Every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it might bear more fruit, okay? This is normal. If you have a garden, if you have roses in your house, whatever it is, you know that this is true. Um, And sometimes, at various times in the year, that pruning process is pretty deep. You prune back a lot so that more growth can happen. Already you are clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Now, interestingly, in the language here, the word for pruning and the word for clean are cognates of each other. So the idea is he cleans that which is, uh, he prunes that which is cleaned, and the pruning is, in a sense, connected to a process of maintaining that cleaning happening in the vine. Now, this is all going to be about us, okay? But right now, he's just setting up the analogy. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Okay, if you have a fruit tree in your house, you might have this, you might have this experience where you've got a branch, sometimes a large branch that kind of breaks off a little bit, and it still is growing, Right? There's leaves, but it doesn't bear any more fruit. Ever seen that? That happens, that's pretty common. That branch is still a little bit alive. A little bit, but not enough to bear fruit. There's not enough of the life of the tree getting into that branch to bear fruit. And so, the gardener has a challenge ahead of them. And the question is, do you cut that branch off or do you try and continue to grow that branch? Now, there's a point at which this metaphor stops, okay? So this is, we are like a vine. We're not a vine. We're people, okay? So we have choices in here, and that's what makes us different than a piece of wood. So if anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown, this is verse 6, he's thrown away like a branch and withers, the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my father is glorified, you bear much fruit and prove to be my disciples. Fruitfulness is the intended function of our lives. There's a difference between pruning and cutting off. Okay, pruning is to promote growth and fruitfulness. Cutting off is a recognition that that is dead already. The fruit that the passage talks about, interestingly, as it goes on and unpacks this, because the question then when we think about how do we apply this in our own lives is, what is fruit? What does fruit mean? How is fruitfulness Function. How does that play out in our lives? Well, the passage actually tells you. Um, it says that we are, it says one of them is prayer. Ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. When we ask of God, we call that prayer. Prayer is a fruit of your life as a believer. If you are praying, 
That's a good sign that there is fruit. That's a piece of fruit growing. If you're not praying, now let me, let me care, qualify this a little bit. Praying is not, oh, Lord, give me a parking spot close to the door. Okay, I, we all do it. I do it. You do it. We all do it. Okay, we'll fess up. But that's not really prayer. That's more like, give me what I want. Prayer is not, oh, Lord, I stayed 20 minutes too late at the office, and now my wife's going to be mad at me because I'm already late for dinner. Can you just clear out all this traffic? Somehow in Southern California, all the prayer that we have has to do with traffic and getting from point A to point B, right? So those kind, that's a little different from what I'm talking about prayer, meaning those things that we ask of God where we are in sync with him. We're praying deeply for those people around us. We're pleading for our children and our parents. We're praying for those people that we work with. We're asking God to give us the courage to be able to look into ourselves and see those areas of brokenness that we need to confront. That's the kind of prayer that this is talking about. What's another piece of fruit? Obedience. It says, if you keep my commandments... Obeying God's commandments is a fruit of our life in following him. That's something that we should be doing, and that's an example that we are connected to the root. To experience his joy, that your joy may be full. Uh, there is, um, there, there are, I don't know if ever, any of you have ever read any books by a guy named John Piper, He's a pastor, lives in the Midwest, um, writes a bazillion books. And um, he had a, a book that he had written years ago that he titled, um, <laughs> he titled it Christian Hedonism, <laughs> which I thought was the weirdest title ever. But he said, our, our purpose in life is to enjoy God. So if we are living our lives as followers of the Messiah... Actually, part of that is going to be our own joy and our own experience of joy as we know him. That is fruit. If your relationship with God is a drag and you hate it all the time, that's not the way it's supposed to be. Now, some of you have never known it any other way. I'm telling you today, I'm announcing to you, that's not what God has in mind. God wants you to know his joy. And he wants that joy in you to be overflowing. That's what he wants. That we would have love for one another is another fruit. Love one another as I have loved you. That we show that love for one another. I'll tell you something. I, I, and he, I don't think he's here. Is Edward still in the room? No. Is he anywhere to be found? Okay, tell him to come in here. Because we need to show Edward some love. Edward had a tough morning. Edward, good job this morning, man. You know, I think all of us, all of us, Every single one of us, my guess is, have had experiences where technology has failed us. And there is nothing that makes me more angry and upset 
than when my computer doesn't work and my phone isn't working and it's all going wrong and it's not supposed to be that way and it wasn't that way yesterday. And now for some reason I have this screen of death that I can't get through on my computer. But you know what, Edward? You persisted. You sang the songs, you, uh, not to us, but you sang them to God. We appreciate that, and we trust that, that I trust that, that that ministry to God also ministered to us. And so I want to I say I appreciate that. Love one another as I've loved you. That's a fruit of what it is to be connected to the vine. That's part of the way it works. And witness to the world. You should go and bear fruit, fruit that lasts. That we should go. That part of our fruit is being able to communicate and share that message broadly. So, a couple of applications. um, And I'm just going to say these quickly. And then I'm going to allow the time we have communion today. And I'm going to allow that time of communion to be a time where you can be reflective about what some of these things mean in in our own lives. First of all, we are, we're the branches, he's the vine, right? Who's the branches? We are. Who is the vine? Okay. We're not the vine. We're the branches. Our, our, uh, Our charge as branches is not to be well-fed. Our charge is to be fruitful. It is so easy to mistake a relationship with God being about our well, us being well-fed. Well, okay, I'm going somewhere, I'm going to get fed. I'm going to go somewhere, I'm going to feed. I'm going to get... You know, there used to be a time when I first became a believer, which was in the mid-80s, there were three guys on the radio... There was Chuck Swindoll. There was, um, who was at church on the way? Jack Hayford. And there was, there was another guy who was, just had a southern accent. I don't know who it was. It wasn't Charles Stanley. It was, it was like, what's that? Vernon McGee. Right. Because God. So, okay. So. I listened to those three guys every day on the radio. I couldn't get enough of those three. I loved it. And, but you know what? I had no other opportunity. I mean, there was my pastor, but, you know, there was a reason why he wasn't on the radio. Okay, so, so, so there, you know, I listened to these guys. I loved listening to these guys. I mean, I was every day listened to them. Loved it. Okay, today I can get from my phone... 500 messages of the best preachers of all time. We have no need for more feeding. We have more access to information than anybody could ever dream of. What we need is fruitfulness. So the question is, are you fruitful or are you trying to be well-fed? Second, Your love for one another is a reflection of your love for God. The way this passage kind of works is that as we love one another, that's an evidence of our love for God. As we love God, it should be played out in our love for one another. So, 
One of the questions is, where is the break? We all have them, okay? So don't, we all have them. Where, where is it not working? And if it's not working somewhere, where it is, there's somewhere where it's not working. Okay, work, money, uh, family, um, uh, children, parents, whatever it is. Somewhere it's not quite working right. Okay, how does that connect with our relationship with God? I don't know. I, I'm not here to tell you the answer to that. I'm here to tell you that there is someone who can give you the answer. And you take that to Yeshua himself, to the foot of the cross, and he speaks to your heart. But there is, a, there is no disconnect between our relationship with God and our relationship with other people. We live more holistic lives. The third and last one is that, remember, you are chosen. Remember, God calls you by name. This process of asking ourselves some of these difficult application questions, what is it that is broken? Am I connected or disconnected? You got to realize the starting point of that question is God loves you. The starting point of that question is not God is disappointed in you. You know what? Some of us believe that. Some of us believe that we need to please God. And if we don't, we're going to get hacked off. And, you know, that's tough. Because ultimately, that's a lie that we choose to believe. And the truth is, he calls us friend. The truth is, he chose us. He didn't make a mistake. You know, he didn't say, okay, Elizabeth, I'm going to choose Elizabeth. And then Elizabeth grows up and says, oh, no, I messed up. I wasn't thinking Elizabeth, that Elizabeth. God doesn't make that mistake. God knows you. God knows your name, your immediate name. And there is no mistake. And he invites you to a place of deep, self-reflective love. That he is the one that's inviting you into this. He is the vine, you are the branches. I will call you friend. Thank you for listening to our message. We hope that it serves to encourage you in your walk with the Lord and your service to him. Do remember us in your prayers. And if you are able to provide a financial donation to Beth Ariel, whether large or small, would you prayerfully consider sending a gift in support of our ministry? You can donate online through our website at BethAriel.org. That is spelled B-E-T-H-A-R-I-E-L.org. Thank you again, and may our Heavenly Father richly bless you as you continue to follow Him. Shalom, shalom.